I went to university, there was a lot of assumption that I was stupid. Yeah. And I know I can act a little bit dizzy sometimes as well. But I think a big part of it might have actually been the fact that there might have been very small number of of characters on TV that were maybe West Country that were always the comical ones. I'm Neil Maggs, and this is Bristol Unpacked, speaking to fascinating Bristolians on topics where others may fear to tread. Brought to you by the city's community-owned media, The Bristol Cable. In this episode, we talk to Kayla Chung, a music artist from Knoll West, described as one of the most talented up-and-coming artists in Britain by the local BBC. Of Chinese heritage, we talked to her about the rise and increasing racism aimed at the Chinese community since the outbreak of COVID-19. We talked to her about being Bristolian. What does it mean? How does somebody identify as one? And does she feel Bristolian? And finally, we talked to her about Noel West, being a Wester. How is it perceived by the rest of the city? You're from Knoll West, aren't you, originally? Yeah, so yeah. I, I grew up in Knoll West, more like on my mum's side of the family, all kind of grew up in Knoll West. When I was yeah. little, like, we all the different, like, cousins and uncles and aunties and nans, we all lived a few streets away from each other. It was brilliant. And what people wouldn't know, if they don't know you, um, by listening to you, hmm. is that you're kind of, your, your heritage, your cultural heritage is, you're, you're Chinese, aren't you? Yeah, so my dad's from Hong Kong, he came over to study, fell in love. That's the romantic version of it anyway. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the non-romantic version is I appeared and I tied him down there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it's the former. <laughs> would you say Chinese if you're from Hong Kong or would you say Hong Kongian? What, what, what's the correct? <laughs> what, what's the correct? So I, I feel like I was separating it years before anyone else was. When I was little and it was before... Hong Kong had been, I don't like using the term, but like kind of given back. When they used to people say, are you Chinese? Like, yes, but I'm not. My dad is not from China. He's from Hong Kong. And I was very specific about that. And I, I'm not really sure where that came from. But like, I do see now, like there is this big uprising, isn't there, there with the younger generation in Hong Kong, where they, a lot of them don't want to be considered, you know, part of mainland China and want to keep the freedom quite interesting that, that as you say at the moment there's lots of demonstrations it doesn't appear that people in Hong Kong want to be part of China a fair assessment and I don't like to like make too many assumptions mm. when I'm talking about somewhere where I don't actually live knowing people who live there and hearing things aren't quite the same but from the people I know what I've heard it seems to me like there's this split between the older generation who maybe grew up with the British rule as it was coming quite forcefully at the time, you know, taking over and kind of wanting to get back to China and back to, you know, where they they came from. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the younger generation who've grown up with a very different, I suppose, in terms of like rules and stuff, it's very culturally different like that. Yeah. And so they kind of like way that they've grown up and they, they want to keep to what they see as the norm whereas some older generations see going back to China's rule and, and changing the rules earlier than agreed as, as to kind of going back to what they knew was the norm. Okay are you quite tapped into the Bristol Chinese community because I don't know I've got to admit I'm, I mean I've been in, off and on involved in community development work for quite a long time work with a range of different minority groups 
I've never really heard many people or on many people's radars talking about the Chinese community in Bristol and maybe in the same way that you would if you were in London or Liverpool or Manchester. Mm. Is that just because it's very small or is it because it's kind of quite sporadic and spread across the city? Um, although I feel like I know a lot of the Chinese community, I wouldn't see them as this one whole that you might do in kind of other cities feel like they're a bit more connected. They kind yeah. of they kind of sit in little pockets of groups of little pockets and mini groups that I know rather than feeling like one whole. Yeah, why is that? Well, really interesting, actually, because like in the last week, I just happened to have because of lockdown and kind of making more friends online and a lot of like Chinese and East Asian forums as well. You know, we end up chatting about this stuff and and I don't want to speak for everyone, but definitely for the people I've been chatting to, the majority of us kind of have hit on this topic. We need to come together more like we all seem to be like, no, we want to do stuff and, and do stuff for our community, especially with a lot of the racism that's going on at the moment. But I think it's like taken that to get us to realise that a lot of us could work together better. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I think some of the bigger cities have maybe done better at coming together. But we as a city are a bit more dispersed as a Chinese community. But I think that's changing a lot lately. I see a huge change in that lately. Let me jump in on the racism thing. A recent YouGov poll in June 2020 on issues of racism. And it found that 76% of ethnic Chinese that they had experienced someone using a racial slur directly against them being higher than any other ethnic group. The average was 31%. Uh, and, and to me, that, I was very surprised when I read really? that. Really? Because I'm not yeah. surprised by that. I didn't know that statistic, but I'm not surprised. You know, even the kind of the term, people talk a lot about Islamophobia, Sinophobia, which is a, a word I wasn't even familiar with, that there's been a significant statistical increase in reports of racism in the Chinese community since the outbreak of COVID-19 in the UK. And it's risen by 60%. Yeah, and I would definitely say that I've, I've, felt, I've felt that not personally, very luckily, because um, obviously my mum being white, um, it, I suppose it changes my appearance in a way that it's not always obvious to some people, unless you're paying <laughs> real attention. And obviously I speak like I do. So if you're not really taking me in fully and you just hear me chatting, walking past, you know... Well, that's interesting you said that because that it is the, the mocking of the accent. The Chinese accent was the was the highest stereotyped assumption and racial slur that was reported. I think it's bigger than the Chinese community actually as well. Like it's the Chinese and Southeast Asian community. I think that that's hit a wider group that they're feeling it too. And I, I've seen it in forums. I've seen videos posted of the kind of abuse that people are experiencing. And it's not nice to see it. And it's, it's horrible to feel it as someone who kind of sits on both fences, f- feeling like responsible and vulnerable at the same time. United Nations, they, they've described an increasing anti-Chinese racism since the epidemic. They've called it a tsunami of hate and xenophobia unleashed. You've noticed this increase since coronavirus, or is it something that you've always seen around? I even experienced it because people forgot that I was Chinese. I had friends growing up that would do that about other people or scenarios and then look at me and go, oh, sorry, Kay, I forgot. And I'm like, I don't know how to take that because you're saying you're sorry, but, but you didn't 
you forgot. So what you say in that now you suddenly don't mean that is very difficult. So I definitely experienced things where people accidentally said stuff in front of me that they might not have. Um, but then I don't experience the stuff that's kind of on purpose, if that makes sense. I mean, I definitely a tear came to my eye when you said that statistic, because it just, I just, I just feel for like my wider community and like, I think since Trump's been in power, the, the whole kind of narrative of what China is, is definitely elevated, even before the coronavirus and the epidemic, talking about competition against the Chinese, kind of setting up in the Chinese were kind of doing dodgy trade deals, hamstring in America. That Trump's been sort of drip feeding this kind of stuff out. And obviously he then, when it came to the pandemic, wouldn't call it the coronavirus, would call it the Chinese virus and keep repeating that. He also used the term Kung Flu. Uh, just gradually by chipping away at this kind of narrative, which, you know, travels wider than the States, travels globally or certainly travels to here across the Atlantic, that there's almost uh, a targeted campaign to undermine the nation itself. And then subsequently, obviously, that has an impact upon the people. What do you think about that? I think it's a scary concept that might hold a lot of truth. And I've always been quite confused by that need to kind of create an enemy out of someone you know I've, I've never quite been able to comprehend it which is why I think it scares me even more because I like to understand where things are coming from well it must be quite a hard pill to swallow I think what tends to happen is a lot of criticism that's aimed at the Chinese state for some issues of human rights you know or whatever that may be particularly if your heritage is from Hong Kong and the same people in Hong Kong are kind of standing against the Chinese government because they want to be independent. So not only is it, I guess, offensive and racist, it's actually misinformed. If you, if you just think about our country and our leader, you never get the whole country agreeing with who's in power and the decisions they make. And quite often you, you question how that person got to power or how they got to make that decision because it almost feels like against the general agreement of what everybody's feeling in the country. So I've always found it quite ironic that say if our country hate on our leadership for not doing things right and then separate themselves from that leadership those not all but some of those same people could and have associated a leader or a government or decisions made by a small minority of people in another country and then associate that with everybody else i physically saw and this is this is honestly true Kayla, i could physically see people when they were walking past Chinese people in Bristol and town, hmm. stepping to the side, when all this stuff kicked off around about March time. Yeah. Literally because that in their head, this was a Chinese virus. Yeah. Do you think Chinese people in the city were aware of feeling slightly self-conscious oh, about yeah, this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, like I said, because I'm lucky enough to not, like, look as... Um, ethnically different as someone who has got both parents of Chinese or East Asian heritage then yeah a lot of what I experience is through the suffering of the people that I know. And you were hearing that you were hearing that coming back people feeling a bit self-conscious and a bit paranoid and a bit. Definitely more than self-conscious and paranoid like actually having experiences or having like a video of what happened to their friends and they witnessed it. The fear is not coming from a concern because of what's being said. A fear is coming from actual actions that are happening, but it's just not being spoken about. Well, you knew examples locally? 
um I don't really want to uh name people but yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. And I think this is probably something that has crept up for anti-racist campaigners in the city. Yeah. Uh, you know, genuine kind of question would it be culturally within the Chinese community to come forward and talk about those type of experiences to the authorities or would that be something that would be spoken about within the community more? From my experiences, and I don't know everyone or everything, but people that I'm thinking of right now didn't report it. The experience was hated and walked away from, but I think left people in slight shock and also a bit of disempowerment because especially say if either you were born here or you've been here longer than you've been somewhere else and your passport is British and you feel British and suddenly you go somewhere where people don't know you, they see your face and yeah, direct racism, absolutely. And it's not spoken about enough. So it definitely was there before, but it's much more, much more regular and I'm hearing a lot more stories, so it's not just like the same people, but getting it more like it's happening to a lot more people. And it's not getting spoken about because I feel like it is like this opposite. It's the opposite to the the story that's being portrayed, because why would anyone care about the story of the enemy in terms of like kind of propaganda messages that are coming not from everywhere, but from from some places? Um, so, yeah, I suppose we don't. Maybe we don't speak up about it enough. And, and I think that's what we're all realising, that we do need to speak up about it more and we do need platforms to say that stuff. And you're doing that yourself now, aren't you? You're starting an online channel? Or yeah. Trying to bring people together from the community to talk a bit more about this kind of stuff? I mean, other people might see it as such, but I've never really seen myself as much as like a campaigner. I'm more of like a doer. You know, like when I was feeling this... Uh, I don't know, like disjointed, sad, kind of, yeah, kind of like we are all feeling kind of on the defence here. And the only thing I felt that I could do would be to bring people together and to celebrate what we do have and to connect each other together more. I mean, I just started with what I know, which is I have a YouTube channel for my own music. So I know YouTube. So I just started because we didn't, we were all sharing that we didn't really feel like we had a platform to speak about these issues on radio and such. So we were just like, well, let's just create a space where, one, there are like some videos on there, the short films that Chinese and East Asians have made, chat shows and podcasts and stuff about these kind of issues, as well as just kind of like the great work and talent from this community. But at the same time, there are other campaigns going on to change that and particularly focus on stamping out the stereotypes and trying to get us a voice back for all this stuff that's happening that's kind of under the carpet at the moment and there was something I was thinking of earlier is just for anyone that's kind of maybe not fully on board with the whole you know but why shouldn't we blame this community for you know this situation around the virus is that if you think about yourself or someone you love someone you know like imagine if you just like simplified that person down to their one worst mistake rather than all the other good things about them I don't think we'd ever be friends with anyone we're the sum of all the best of ourselves and not the one mistake we might have made because that is the thing isn't it people are thinking it's like the chap who bit the bat's head off or whatever it was that's become a thing lodged in people's heads and I've seen loads of memes all over Facebook about that I'm sure you have as well and it's like that becomes stuck as this image that is then stoked by some world leaders to be that, in effect, 
Chinese people in China has effectively created this whole pandemic across the whole world. And that's a heavy burden to carry. Yeah. It's a heavy burden, isn't it? And I mean, it is. Um, and again, I maybe I'm a bit of an idealist and an optimist here, but like in terms of seeing the blame and stuff, but I de- like I, I strongly believe, and this is my personal belief, that the world is a clever place. And I mean that in terms of like nature, the universe. It's trying to fix things and balance things out. I think we know that overpopulation of the earth is something that some people were campaigning to address. You know, it wouldn't be a problem if the way we lived individually didn't impact the planet so much. And so I'm not saying it's kind of like a a good thing. I'm just saying like I feel like where it's Na- come from nature, isn't isn't one na- yeah isn't yeah. one man in china or one company yeah. or one government or one nation it's come from this earth but that comes from my belief that like you know we're all one and we're all connected and so it hasn't to me come from one person or one place it's just here part of earth and it's here for a reason and it's doing some devastating things and we've seen some terrible things come out of it. And we've seen some good things come out of it with people coming together and helping each other out. You know, we've seen emissions drop in Bristol and like people have got cleaner air to breathe. But at the same time, we're seeing people losing lives and jobs and income and livelihoods, you know. So it's to me, I find this whole topic really difficult because I can see, again, both sides and feel like stuck in the middle and just trying to kind of live with it all, you know. Stop. In the name of love, before I break my heart. Me again. This is not another advert. Um, you clearly aren't putting enough money in because I am still singing and will continue to still sing in these adverts. If you don't become a member of the Bristol Cable, join thousands of us chucking some money in every month. Time's tight, but please do. On with the show. Let's uh, let's change tact. Let's, um, <laughs> I know I'm feeling depressed. Yeah, that's okay. Look, you know, you have that sense of dual identity. We were on this panel for the Bristol Museum in the M Shed talking about what it is to be Bristolian. What I'm really interested in is the definition of what Bristolian is, and because I think lots of people have come into the city and say I feel Bristolian or identify with being Bristolian. What what do you think about that? So. I kind of got like two little voices in my head or two little rabbits on my shoulder. Because like on one side of things, I'm thinking like I know that I would personally make a bit of a snap decision based on the accent. And if you don't sound like me, then, you know, like where are you, where are you from? Like, because <laughs> I'm yeah. assuming you're not from here. Um, But at the same time, I totally accept because obviously thinking about my my dad, that he feels British well, he is British, but what I mean is like he feels more British than my other people might accept him to be because he's been here so long. And so yeah. I wouldn't want to like tell someone what not to feel. So I, there, I suppose there's a difference between what I'll accept someone's telling me and what I'll assume. There's a difference between being a, a UK citizen and having a dual identity and having a kind of city identity, being a Geordie, 
or being a Bristolian or being a Skagster or being Glaswegian. If I suddenly arrived in Liverpool at the age of 25 and I'd lived there for 40 years and I was 68 and I'd say, I've spent more of my time in Liverpool, I don't think I would be accepted as a Skagster or I wouldn't be accepted as a Geordie. But I do hear people say that in Bristol. And I think it's a bit different. Yeah, again, like... I feel like, could we have two labels, like proper Bristolian and then Bristolian? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that would please me. But why does it, yeah, yeah, why does it matter though? Obviously, I'm I'm quite passionate about this kind of issue. Um, Because ultimately, it doesn't really matter to me whether somebody's Bristolian or not. That's the irony. So it's like when people get annoyed and offended that they're not kind of counted as Bristolian. It's like, no, nobody, we don't like or care or love you any more or any less, but... Why do you feel the need to adopt a Bristolian identity? Clearly, it's a compliment to Bristol that everybody wants to say they're Bristolian for I was one. just thinking yeah, that, yeah. yeah. And secondly, what does it say about the identity of the people coming in that they feel they need to let go of what their old one was and adopt the new one? Because I don't know many Scousers who would come to Bristol and still not say they're Scouser. So is their identity weak? I, I, person, I personally feel like a little bit like if I do meet someone that I wouldn't consider proper Bristolian, if you get what I'm saying, is yeah. like, and who says they feel Bristolian. I feel like if you have too many people like that, you feel like it's diluting what Bristolian means. Yeah. Um. So I kind of have that fear of like us losing mm-hmm. like the traditional culture of the city. Yeah. And it being diluted by everyone who's coming here because it's so fabulous <laughs> and they love yeah. us. But but I agree with you about you come from another city that's got a strong cultural identity, then they'd probably be wanting to keep that. But if you've come from somewhere that didn't really feel like, you know, it was a small village that you didn't feel that way about and you've been looking for somewhere to call your community, do you know yeah. what I mean, like that, yeah. Then then you might stewing a city identity a really good example of that Kayla is the film Bait set in Cornwall which is about posh Londoners coming down and having their second homes in Cornwall all with really really progressive attitudes all voting remain in the EU all being really pro-migration all being sort of politically centrist and left but decimating the local culture and utterly oblivious to that impact and not seeing the hypocrisy I'm just having to think because a few different thoughts are going through my head. So (laughs) one of my thoughts was how would anyone ever act like be, be, have an acting career if this was, um, you know, went forward as an official, you know, rights thing, because, um, you know, it's definitely not okay. Um, uh, when we're kind of as a community having to raise the fact that yellow face is still happening. Um, you know, people are still playing the roles of East Asians when they're not. Um, and yet, um, you know, you can definitely, it's definitely acceptable. And I'm I'm not quite sure I would want to draw the line in terms of like, so an actor from Bristol could only ever act as a Bristolian, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. so in my head, I'm like, oh, where is the line? Like, I think it's, is- yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it's a balance. Isn't it? And, you know, let's, let's, let's get real about this. My definition of Bristolian is you can be from you know, the four corners of the earth and be a Bristolian. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it, it's largely about, having some core part of your childhood here that shapes your identity and who you are. I don't think you need to be born in Bristol to have that. But I think if you move here as an adult from somewhere else where you have your identity created, you know, for you to latch on to this thing that I am now Bristolian feels it is appropriate on some level. 
however we look at that. The thing around acting, I think, or about portraying stuff is that, you know, I think you can you can temporarily step into anyone's kind of shoes. But I think the key to to the Bristol issue is not about get off my land. It's about giving a little bit of, as you said, about some degree of preservation of why people want to come in, preservation of the accent, which is getting lost more and more, preservation yeah. of some of the kind of older ways of the city alongside the new change. The fascinating thing, I'm, I'm going on now, but this is really key, the fascinating thing where I live in Eastern, which is very multicultural uh, or was multicultural, is that it's lots of white Londoners, white middle-class people moving in from outside Eastern making it monocultural when it was far more multicultural in the last 20 years. And actually, I talk to second, third generation Asian and black British people, and they get a bit miffed with some of the white Londoners coming in. And I kind of, I've got some sympathy with that. So it's, it's in constant flux and change, yeah. isn't it? It's fascinating, I think. And I think being in a country that is so like diverse, I just think makes it all the more complicated to kind of yeah. get your head around. If someone moved here at 25 from London and they say, I identify as Bristolian, would you say to them, you're not Bristolian? Well, how old are they now if they moved here at 25? 37. No. But if they were like 90, then probably, yeah. But I sort of get... Only because you want to hurt their feelings. Well, (laughs) it's sort of about length of time. I think you need a lot of length of time if you didn't grow up here. But if you grow up here, it's kind of already built in. But I, I, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, but if you get to the point where maybe you grow up in a neighbourhood that's not got many traditional, real, whatever I want to call it, proper Bristolians, then would you end up growing up in Bristolian not actually being Bristolian? I, I don't know. I'm... I mean, there are people in the city where the accent is kind of weak anyway. Though, if you go to certain parts of North yeah. Bristol, there isn't much of an accent compared yeah. to your side, South Bristol, that, which is stronger. I think you'd go to Southmead or Hembury, Lawrence Wesson in the north. But outside of that, you would find some accentless people. Mm. But I do think that there is a this sense of why everybody wants to say from Bristol. I just find it, I find it odd. I just, whenever I go to other places, I, I, and then I come back here, I go, oh... I know what everyone's on about now. <laughs> like, like you forget to be grateful for what an amazing city we live in. And then you go yeah. somewhere else that's nowhere near amazing and you go, oh, is. I'm so lucky and I understand why yeah. people want to come here. And I'm so lucky that I grew up here that I can call it my own. I don't think people would have the cheek to even try doing this in Liverpool or Newcastle because they'd be run out of home. So what does it say about us as Bristolians and the Bristolian identity? I've got a theory about it. It's because there's so few in the media, which is the inward and the outward-facing yes. voice of the city, Absolutely. to give such a... You don't hear the accent. Yeah, There's Absolutely. very few that are local. We're not representative no. in that. So people from London and people from the home counties that come in, they don't really see a strong Bristol identity because they don't see it, particularly if they live in those inner-city, sort of more gentrified areas where they don't meet people in the west where you live or people in Southmead. They don't hear the strong accent. So they think, oh, I'm Bristolian now. I can take the badge of honour. Yeah. That wouldn't happen. That wouldn't happen in other cities. So I think it's partly our own fault, allowing all these people to speak on our behalf in the media. Yeah, I mean, I totally hear you. I was aware of it from growing up. I felt it. I saw it. I thought, why does no one chat like me on TV? Like, I was really aware of it, and it really frustrated me. I was only a child until I was 13. My sister was born a lot later than me. So I played a lot of games in the mirror talking to myself often being you know yeah, often being a that. presenter or I did all you know, that I did all that as well being yeah. in an advert or something <laughs> yeah. um but I would always put on these accents 
And I think, yeah. why did I do that? Because I wasn't in my head thinking, oh, this advert is yeah. based in this place and therefore I'm putting on this accent. Yeah. Um, mm. I think I was literally just doing the accent that I heard on TV. Because you didn't hear it. I mean, who is that? There's very few. And you've got Steve Yabsley now. You, you've had, you know, a sprinkling of people over the years. But it tends to be more the comic character, doesn't it? Like the Vicky Pollards on uh, Little Britain or Wurzel Gummidge. Or, yeah. And it's, it's never the people with gravitas. I think that there isn't enough leaders or in decision-making capacities that are perhaps local to, to make it a priority. But actually, I think we've been too laid back over the years. If it was in Liverpool, you wouldn't hear a Cockney accent in BBC Liverpool. Because what you were saying, like, maybe wonder if something's true. And that was um, when I went to university, there was a lot of assumption that I was stupid. Yeah. And I know I can act a little bit ditzy sometimes as well. But I think a big part of it might have actually been the fact that there might have been very small number of, of characters on TV that were maybe West Country that were always the comical one but it's only yeah it's almost like stereotyping isn't it really yeah it's like the lady and vicar of dibley's the same always a little bit slow a bit funny a bit quirky a bit non-offensive mm. a bit yeah I, I mean i'm hoping and i think that's kind of in people's minds to sort of change a bit more but i think all this stuff kind of adds up to why there isn't a strong sense of identity and i think one of the real strong things we hear is this sense of internalized shame uh, oh my god do I sound Bristolian? Oh, I sound really Bristolian. Oh, people say that all the time. And I'm like, yeah, because you are a bloody Bristolian. That's oh, why. But why you know are we meant to think that? I've never thought that. Like, I might have no. been those accents as a kid, but I've never, I, I must admit, I do, I don't but recall. You've heard people say that. that though, yeah? You've heard I've people heard say other that. People yeah, say there you that. go. Actually, I lived up in Leeds. I've lived in Huddersfield. I lived in Lancashire as well, in, in Manchester. The, you know, it's a badge of honour. It's the ob- opposite way around. So it's partly our own fault for being so laid back and ashamed of who we are I was pulled up on something um incorrectly and I won't say what or who but the gist of it was I was talking about an issue then pulled up on it to say why are you talking about something you know nothing about and then had to explain to this person that I had direct experience of it yeah and then felt that I need to kind of publicly state that so I didn't get attacked and I find that a weird assumption to assume that I would talk about deep issues around something that I had no experience of but it is it just goes to show how sensitive these things are because if you're someone who feels you're of a certain culture or experience or place and then you feel that someone's taken that and is talking about it portraying it whatever representing it then you feel a bit icky so I kind of get where that person was coming from but at the same time like I needed to like put them straight. They didn't need to attack me. <laughs> well, we, we've come from a, a place where people have been insensitive to understanding the experiences of people from different cultures, yeah, yeah. Where, wherever they may be. Mm. Um, and I think for me, th- th- that's the exact point as to why uh, in a multicultural city like Bristol, where there are Bristolians of all creeds and stripes, mm. and you come to a city that's a great city that you love, kind of work a little bit with the existing people are there as well a little bit and kind of and apply the same sensitivity to that and not be so sharp kind of elbow that's one side of it and I think the second side is that that for you to give a comment or have an opinion on something that is something you haven't experienced you know is is a dangerous zero-sum game because actually 
you know, it's good to walk in people's shoes and show empathy as well. I do think some people feel like, oh God, I can't say this because people might think that. I'm not quite not sure how helpful that is either at the same time. That. I've heard people say that they really want to get involved in the debate about some topic, understand it more, ask questions, but they feel afraid because they might get attacked. Um, not 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 attacked physically, attacked verbally. Verbally, yeah, particularly in areas like Noel West, which is a white working class community predominantly that kind of feel like they, you know, and they might be you know, feel like they want to express certain things that they're not sure or certain about and feel they can't do. And I just don't know about whether pushing stuff in and internalizing stuff is necessarily healthy. Yeah, and I think. It feels like it's the like time we're in. Like it feels like we're going living through this time of like um, consciousness awakening a bit. Maybe. Yeah, but yeah. like all these opposites and conflict. It just feels yeah. like there's there's a lot of conflict going on. Um, yeah. It's a very different kind of conflict than we've had in the past. Yeah. Um, it's a lot around kind of campaign and debate, but it's but it's very felt still in people's lives. I, I still have hope, even though I feel this conflict, because I think, you know, like if you just break it down in its simplest form and you take like two people that you can hear like an argument starting to bubble up and then later on, they're like full fledged shouting at each other. But usually by the end, there are hugs and or handshakes and, and it's all OK in the end, um, yeah. in the majority of cases. And I feel like I feel like um, the argument has to come out to everyone to get to say how they feel and feel yeah. heard. And then through that, then they start to calm and see each other's points of view and then come together and have a resolution. I feel like like that's what we're having as a society is we're having like yeah. an outbreak of all these fights that will eventually like bring Level us back off. together but we totally. just kind You've of live... get it out, man. Yeah, we're living... yeah exactly yeah, you know this what I mean? is like the this is like the kind of cathartic period I think of yeah all coming out which for some mm-hmm. people is really empowering that finally I can stand up and I can say my piece and I can see yeah. this uh, and then there's other people that feel frightened by that that they feel exposed and they feel mm. they don't understand and their identity is threatened and um, there are other people, I think this is what's happening a little bit in some areas like Noel West, who think, like, well, hang on a minute, what about us? We've got fuck all as well. <laughs> We've got to be very careful that we don't forget about their experience because that is where people that have an agenda to whip up racism and divide and conquer will make ground. And that's where the ground has been made in this sort of populist rise all across the world. I mean, there's a saying that I live by, and it's for me to, like, stop and think about the other person's point of view and that's the saying people who hurt are hurting Mm -hmm. so if someone's hurting you kind of whatever shape or form that may be you know it's coming from a place of hurt to actually like stop and think about well what is this person's pain and I think you kind of definitely did a great job of thinking about well you know if you've got people who feel I don't know what the word is, but like left behind by, you know, everything that's going on in society, like economically and stuff because of, you know, you definitely have this divide, don't you? Like with people working from home or on furlough and getting paid and people who don't have a job anymore or have lost their company or their freelance work or whatever. And there is that huge divide. And I'm definitely not saying that, you know, what that one group or other group of people have a certain view, but it... these big shifts can get you thinking and and make you want to have a fight I definitely know that I'm guilty of of I've picked a fight in the past that only afterwards I've gone 
that's not actually what I was upset about. I was upset about something else that happened earlier. But, you know, you, 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 it's got to come out. And I feel like that's mm. all, you know, it's, it's horrible to think, but I feel like it's all just got to come out. <laughs> uh, but I, I think let's wrap it up and just talk just very, really, really quickly about Noel West being a Wester. Mm-hmm. Um, comes with its own baggage as well, doesn't it? When I remember going in town years ago and people would be like, oh, the Westerners, there's a load of Westerners down on Corn Street, or there's a load of, you know, it's like, oh, but it's all going to kick off. And there's always been that, uh, we spoke to Tony Dyer about Hartcliffe last week, and Hartcliffe has a bit of that. No yeah. West has always had that as well, hasn't it? A kind of certain stigma in the city. Yeah, uh, is, that, is that still the same? Is that, is that changing? I know so you're doing a lot of work and you're based at the Fieldwood Centre, right yeah. on, you know, yeah. Fieldwood Broadway, aren't you? I mean, I know that I'm kind of have got a certain perspective just on the circles I I run in now like do you know what I mean so like has it changed for me because of time or because of where I go so for example when I was younger and I used to go to the pub with my mate in another neighborhood definitely got that definitely experienced that oh look you're from Norwest what are you gonna do then sort of thing like definitely like loads of negative like assumptions and have you got a job and what are you doing to contribute to society? They probably didn't put it as eloquently as that, but lots of negative stuff. And I don't really get that now, but perhaps other people who are younger are still experiencing that with people that age. Um, But I definitely know that I felt a change when I've been going to like citywide events and talking to people across the city that like they're seeing like a positive presence and stories and things coming up about Noel West yeah. and loads of positive news on the radio in the yeah. press on Bristol 24-7 you know it's been great what you guys are doing and you've got Noel West Media Centre youth organisations like Youth Move stuff yeah. going on at the Park Centre I think that there's very much it has been outside out of mind traditionally communities like Noel West you know it has no supermarket it has no school it has no pub but I do think there is a lot of collective will to try and change that uh, now. But I, I always yeah. remember, though, quite distinctly when I used to run football tournaments with kids and we'd get all, all across the city to come to, like, a central venue and the lads from Noel West would come. And you could kind of tell they were from Noel West. There's a different type of feel. There was just a sense of being a little bit out of their zone, out of their comfort zone a bit. There is a thing, would you say, around the estate where it's one of those areas where people probably don't leave the area so much. I mean, I definitely was one of those people. I literally, it was only because of music that I went further than my job, my house and my daughter's school. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like I only yeah. started leaving the neighbourhood, even though there was no supermarket and, you know, this, that and the other. Like, yeah. because I was either going to listen to gigs or performing and then I suddenly went, oh, there's a whole rest of this city out here yeah. that I haven't um, discovered. I think Noel Westers in general are like, great at entertaining ourselves from what I've noticed. Like I grew yeah. up and there was always family parties, always over someone's house. And as an adult, you know, neighbours and across the street, always family get togethers. You just hear laughing and clinking of glasses. And, you know, because there wasn't a pub, you didn't go to the pub as a family. You went down someone's garden. Yeah. But it was nice to hear and to feel that kind of family get-togethers around you even if they weren't your own I always definitely loved that as someone growing up in the area like both recently and in the past the amount of times I saw a news article that said someone had set a fire or there had been a stabbing or shooting and then we looked at the picture or the name of the road and we were like that's not even in Noel West so you wouldn't (laughs) believe the amount of times we just was like 
Does someone just go, let's just say that in the Nol West and everyone else will feel better that it's not in there anymore? Because most of them aren't from the city. They don't even know where the borderlines are. Right. That's why. Yeah, so they yeah, just go, go oh, yeah. it's slightly over yeah, that way. Yeah, it, it must, must be in Nol West. Yeah. yeah. And I think actually lately this this community has been really great at coming together the different organizations residents yeah. like the Northwest alliance working together and there is that recognition of the things that happen that aren't great and saying hey look this happened what are we going to do about it together yeah. let's not yeah. let one person or one group of people ruin it for everyone else yeah. as well as look at these great things that happen so i do think there's definitely do you know, i reckon that's because there's more third sector organizations there now because i'm talking about when i used to work in the days of the council the council was yeah. so concerned about managing the message and the perception they go the other extreme it'd be like oh no no there's no problems no problems <laughs> at all. Every, everything's great it's great and it's like well no that's not true as well isn't it let's get a bit of a reality check to get the balance right cool that's great i'm going to get in trouble Kayla because we're way over time <laughs> oh I was going to talk about crime yeah. stats as well I know I know this has been an amazing <laughs> chat we've gone in several different directions I'll just ask you finally you know what you're up to what's the, what's the next things sort of on the pipeline musically and community wise so musically I've got a performance coming out with a new company that are doing like online performances and I'm recording my next album while it's getting mixed awesome. and mastering done finishing that off yeah. and I've also started a new side project called BCTV it's a Chinese TV yeah. thing yeah the yeah. Chinese in Southeast Asian TV channel on YouTube no West community wise we're still carrying on with our Filled Fantastic project at Filled Community Centre. We're going to have some like lots of doorstep fun. I don't want to give away too much, but cool. there are going to be ways that we can bring joy to people's doorsteps like we did with our Lantern Parade. Amazing. Coming to people's doorsteps if they can't get out. Yeah, and also, Norwest's getting together to look at the redevelopment of the Broadway as well and actually taking that next bit forward in the regeneration. So that's pretty exciting. Amazing. Yeah. Great. I like talking to you because um, you're more Bristolian than me, which doesn't happen very often. So <laughs> you make me feel, you make me feel posh. I do well. <laughs> should I be concerned about that? <laughs> I don't think I've ever made anyone feel posh before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, thank you so much, Kayla. Yeah, cheers. Lovely. Take care. Bye. Bye. So just finished the chat with Kayla sat in the lounge tonight she's passionate about Bristol but passionate about sort of representing the Chinese community which is probably something that's it seems relatively new for her to kind of step into that space a little bit post-covid and that bit was fascinating to me hearing about this increasing racism and reaction against China and against Chinese people and sort of hearing that firsthand something that amongst all the other different prejudices and forms of racism which have a real strong focus uh, politically and in the kind of in the media really felt like unearthing some some fresh stuff hearing things that you don't kind of hear that often certainly in in a city like Bristol as well where there isn't a real strong big identifiable Chinese community as a homogenous big kind of group so for me that was really nice to have a conversation with somebody on what to me felt like you know chartering and breaking a bit of new ground and that wrapped and framed on the you know the other extreme of being a really a, a grounded in the being a you know a Noel Wester 
you know, strong Bristolian accent embedded to that community, to me, is just fascinating. She's an interesting person, again, like many people we've spoken to in this series, that doesn't fit neatly into one particular box. Crosses different cultures, crosses different divides, and and, and that's why I, I wanted to talk to her, because she is an interesting person. And, yeah, in a very uncomplicated, unacademic, gets to the real kind of root of of those issues and we barely got to talk about her music <laughs> which is uh, um, which I wanted to talk to her about but yeah I, I thought it was good I, I, I enjoyed that and I, I come away from it thinking a bit actually thinking a bit about a few things and came away as I thought I would anyway with a, a great deal of respect and real kind of fondness for, for who she is and what she's about Thanks for listening to Bristol Unpacked. I'm Neil Mags, and a big thanks to Rosa Eaton, our audio producer, Adam Cantwell Corn, our executive producer, and Blue Dot for our music. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes. And if you want to support what we're doing, join the Bristol Cable along with 2,000 others to create a new kind of media for the city. Hi, this is Rosa, the editor. As we didn't get to hear masses about Carla's music in the episode, we've decided to play you out with a track of hers called Breathe Again.
the time to go be. Beyond-